Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Welcome to Walk It Out. I have one question for you. What's for dinner tonight? Do you know? Um, I thought about this morning. I think I'm going to make chicken and broccoli casseroles, one of my grandma's recipes that I've had for years and years, probably, I don't know, almost 30 years. And it's a fun thing that I'm going to do for dinner. But that is a question that every single day I need to figure out. Like me, you probably have days where you're like, I don't know why all these people have to eat every single night. It becomes hard, but we're going to be talking about that today. Um, I'm going to be talking to Tiffany King, and she's the author of a new cookbook called Eat at Home Tonight. So yes, we're going to be talking about recipes, um, ideas, how to plan dinners, But more than that, we're going to be talking about what it really means to gather your family around the table, to talk face to face, to share our hearts. Really, it's about nourishing people's souls, not just nourishing their bodies. Now, years ago, John and I just made it a goal to have dinners together as a priority. We made sure we didn't sign up for a lot of activities so that we would have that time together as a family. And even though now our kids spend three nights a week in Taekwondo, which is something that they do all together, which makes it easy for us, um, we still always make sure to have dinner together after practice. And so we're going to be talking about that, what it means to truly gather our family, to spend time together, and also about good food. So I hope you will be encouraged by this conversation that I'm having with Tiffany. Well, welcome to Walk It Out. And one thing that people may not know, or you may, I'm because I mention it sometimes on Facebook or Instagram, is I love to cook. One of my favorite things is to gather my family around the table to have a really yummy home cooked meal and just really connect after a busy day as a mom with 10 kids and some of them adult kids, um, at least a couple nights a week, even some of my adult sons will come home and have dinner with us. So it's one of my favorite things. So today, we're going to be talking about that we're gonna be talking about family and togetherness and gathered around the table and awesome yummy recipes. So I'm very excited about my guest. So my guest is Tiffany King and her new book is Eat at Home Tonight. And Tiffany, welcome to Walk It Out. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. I love um, just cooking and I can't wait to dig more into that. But first, would you just start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and about your family? Yeah, I have four kids and two kids-in-law now, and um, a husband. So my oldest two kids are married, and then um, we still, our youngest is almost 16, so we still have one at home. Um, But yeah, so I've, one of the things that I've figured out over the years that I know how to do is make dinner. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things I can't do and I'm not good at, but I'm pretty good at dinner. 
So, um, yeah, in 2008, I started my blog, um, Eat at Home, and just to share dinner recipes. Um, I needed to change things up. At that time, my oldest kids were getting into high school, and we were finding ourselves busier and in the car more often at dinner time. And so I needed to change up how I was getting dinner done. So I love that. And I love that you were willing to, you know, share those recipes out there. Um, in the beginning, did you grow up learning to cook? Because I know I um, loved watching my grandma cook. My mom wasn't as much of a cook. She did some things, but I loved you know being in the kitchen and watching my grandma. Um, the funny thing is they never really taught me. I kind of just watched <laughs> what they were doing. And then all of a sudden I'm married. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? I know, I know my grandma knows how to cook, but um, did you grow up loving to cook or, or was it something that you picked up later in life? Um, no, I did not know how to cook hardly anything when I got married. My mom is a fantastic cook, but she does not like other people in her space, in her kitchen while she's doing it. Um, so she, you know, she would get frustrated if uh, we came in to make a mess or cook or not, you know, not put things back just so. Um, so yeah, she didn't really teach how to, how to cook. Um, but after my husband and I got married, I realized, you know, we both realized, Hey, we'd like to eat, but we're really bad at this. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of put myself on a crash course at that point to learn what I was doing, um, so that we could have some better dinners. Yeah. I love those newlywed days. I remember the first time John and I like went as a married couple to the grocery store. It's like, you don't really do that when you're dating. So that's the funny part. All of a sudden you're married and like, oh, we have to have dinner tonight. But I remember going to the grocery store and I like went to the frozen food section and bought a, picked up a box of like that box chicken, you know, just the, like the banquet pre-made chicken. And John's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, getting chicken for dinner. He's like, why don't we like go get like fresh chicken and made it? And it was just like this whole thing. Cause I mean, that's what my mom, we, we had in our freezer, like the box of banquet chicken. And so I think it's so interesting, but one of the first things we had a, a gift card to a store in town and I went and got like the Betty Crocker red and white, like checkered cookbook and just went through. Um, so was, did you start by like asking people for recipes or getting cookbooks or how did you start? kind of on your journey? Yeah, it's kind of the same. I started with the cookbooks that we had been given uh, for wedding presents. So we had a lot of church cookbooks, um, which are fantastic because those are real people recipes, you know, from the region that that we lived in. Um, So the food was familiar and and things that we liked. Um, And I would just start there. I would start reading those cookbook recipes in bed at night. And Jim would laugh at me like, who reads cookbooks? I don't know. I do. (laughs) And then I would check them out from the library. And our grocery budget at the time was ridiculously small. We lived near Philadelphia, um, but we were both students. And our grocery budget was $25 a week, which, as you can imagine, did not go far. Right. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, so we would allow ourselves to make one nice meal a week, and we would usually have friends in for that. And that's kind of where I did more experimenting um, with things to try to make an actual recipe. The rest of the time, I hate to admit it, but we were living on like sheet cake and baked beans. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) At least you have the sheet cake in there. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yes. 
do you remember any um, fails that you had during that time? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I made a, a co-worker told me that you can make microwave in the meatloaf. <laughs> that did not work out. It was so hard. It was like a brick. Like you literally could have built a house with this thing. And I remember um, Jim was determined to eat it. And he was like, this is not so bad. Oh, it was. I mean, it really was so hard. He finally picked it up and we were wrestling over this piece. It was leaving imprints in our hands. That's how bad this was. Oh, no. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, I remember, I, I think it was like um, kind of a taste at home or one of those like simple cookbook magazines. And there was a recipe for stew that was like sweet and savory stew. And I liked it all the ingredients. So I'm sure it had like the the beef uh, cubes and the potatoes and carrots. Well, one of the things that called for was raisins. So at the time I'm just like, okay, let's just, you know, I was just completely following the recipe. I might've even added more raisins that it called for. I don't remember. But the thing that I realized later when you're cooking stew is that, you know, it's, if it's simmering for a while, those raisins turned into grapes. <laughs> so <laughs> All of a sudden I'd be eating the stew. It'd be the savory part and, I'll, and then pick up a grape and it's this hot, sweet juice it was horrible like we <laughs> had like three bites and then ended up throwing it away and that's the one thing my kids because my kids um you know they're always like mom's cooking's the best and dad will always say like well there's this one time <laughs> he always talks about the raisins too and I'm like I was just following the recipe yeah that you know a lot of times people tell me that they they can't cook and I think it's because they have things like that happen but we all have things like that. It's okay. You know, it, those fails are going to happen. They make for funny stories sometimes. It's It can be frustrating at the time, but it's just part of the learning process. It's okay. So when, you know, you so you started getting cooking and then I'm sure hopefully your budget grew as kids were <laughs> added. Um, what are the challenges you think? And you mentioned them earlier. Just when we have kids um, that sometimes it's not so easy to just have those hours or time in the evening for cooking. So what were some of the challenges you found once you started adding kids to your family? Yeah, you know, and when they're little, you have that witching hour where they just, they can be so cranky right around dinner time, and that can make it hard. Um, so I learned to prep things in the morning when they were happier, um, and that always helped. Then you reach that preschool time where they want to help, and it's not really as helpful <laughs> as it could be. So just learning some jobs that they can do, some things they can stir or um, help set the table or things like that. Um, yeah. Um, and then it just gets really challenging once you hit those teen years because of not being home so much. Yeah, all the activities and yeah, we do. We have Taekwondo three nights a week. So that's, um, yeah, it's the challenge of trying to get stuff in the Instapot, which is so fun. When I was looking at your, uh, through your cookbook, I'm like, oh, I could put this in the Instapot or this in the slow cooker. So I love that you have those recipes. But before we get to that, I would just love just to know a little bit about your journey um, from going, you know, just being a home cook to starting your blog. I mean, was it something you were just doing for yourself or for friends or what was your goal really when you started? When I started, um, I just, I kind of just wanted to explore the world of blogging. I had a little blog about writing um, that was just kind of playing around with some poetry and things. Um, and then I started Eat at Home because I realized, oh, I, I think I can share recipes and let's see what, what will happen with this. And it started growing much faster 
of course, than the writing blog did um, because it was solving a problem for people. But the writing one was just more for fun. So it didn't grow as fast. So I kind of put all of my energy into the food blog at that point. Um, for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what were you thinking of that? Because, you know, when you're talking about writing and poetry and stuff, and then all of a sudden, I mean, it's not easy to get traffic and to get attention from a blog. And so were you wondering, like, what in the world? <laughs> like, um, Or was it something exciting and new? Like, what were your thoughts of that? It was definitely exciting and new. I just wanted to see what I could do with it. I also had heard that if you put ads on your site, you could earn some money, um, like enough maybe even to pay for your groceries every week. So I wanted to see if that was possible. And it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's just been kind of a really nice way for me to explore new things, to see what I like. Um, yeah, just something aside from being a stay-at-home mom and um, we homeschool and just something different for that. So, but still being able to be at home with them, with the kids. I homeschool my kids too. And I think um, for me, I think there's always that mom guilt though, that, you know, here I am um, pursuing these outside activities that are beyond homeschooling or just cooking and cleaning for our family. And I know for many years for me, I felt so guilty that, you know, here I am taking time away from my kids to write or Later, um, you know, when I started podcasting and all those things, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, you know, such a bad mom. All these other moms are doing volcano science projects and all these things. And I'm like, I'm going to go work on my blog or I'm going to go work on my book now. Um, did you ever have those challenges or uh, questions or mom guilt when you were growing your blog? Yes, I have. Um, and, and I continue to deal with it. And I think it's just kind of, well, it's something we set ourselves up for and something kind of our society and culture sets us up for. But the other piece of it is the more that I pursue kind of a professional life and, and this business side of things, um, the more influence and encouragement I can give to my kids to try something new, to move outside of their comfort zone, to learn something new. Um, I just, I think it opens up a whole new view of things that I have that I wouldn't have that for them if, if I wasn't pursuing these things. And it also makes me a happier person to be around, I think. <laughs> so there's that, that benefit as well. But yeah, I think I've been able to pour back into the kids' lives in a way that I wouldn't have been able to had I not been doing these things. Absolutely. And I really think, I mean, you brought up you know that happiness part. Like when God puts these things in us to grow and to you know, impact the world or what, you know, to influence others, to help others. I mean, there's that desire in us, I think that is there. And I think sometimes when we think, okay, after the kids are in college or after they start public school or you know whatever we put we push those dreams aside and I think it does frustrate us especially when you know they're there for a purpose um and I found with my kids too that when I um step out and follow these things and and things happen like the blog grows or the get the book contracts I think it is just showing our kids like you were saying that we um that they can do these things too it like gives them a view of what it looks like to follow something and to pr pr um, pursue something, which I think is so important as parents, instead of just, you know, centering our whole lives around our kids. Um, and I think so many times I, I know friends that 
all of a sudden they have an empty nest and they don't know who they are. Like, what, what am I supposed to do now when I've just been fully committed to these kids? Yeah, I, I'm feeling very lucky to have grown it, this business because now, you know, my youngest is 16. So there aren't that many more years where, you know, even if she lives here, where we're totally responsible in the same kind of way, it just becomes different. We're looking down the empty nest years pretty quick. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of friends who are struggling with that, trying to figure out what's next for them. And I this is kind of built in for me, which is nice. And I know you have, you know, your website is there and then it was growing. When did you start doing the video aspect of it um, where you were doing little, little cooking demonstrations and really showing people that, you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> we can do this. We can uh, cook an easy, fast dinner that's also delicious too for our families. Yeah, I probably added the video. I know I toyed with the YouTube stuff a little bit a couple of years ago. Um, and I didn't do a whole lot over there. And then Facebook Live became a thing. And I started um, doing Facebook Live. Facebook has always been like, I've always had a big audience over there. Um, but I will tell you that those Facebook Live videos are so far outside of my comfort zone. I like they're just not we're not even in the same galaxy. <laughs> It is a big hurdle for me every single week when I get on. Um, I struggle with that. Um, so yeah, it's it's getting easier. I think I'm getting a little better at it, but it's definitely way outside of what I would normally do, for sure. And I think so many times because I, I mean, I probably should do more than I do. Um, and I think so many times we're like, okay, I need my hair perfect. My makeup needs to be on, <laughs> you know, I need to like have this perfectly scripted thing, whatever I'm going to talk about. Um, and you, I'm sure you have to have everything prepped with the recipe, but I think sometimes, I mean, the videos I love are just people like going in their everyday life and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I can't like Candace Payne when she's just laughing in her car over her Chewbacca mask. I mean, you know, it's just <laughs> these crazy things. And we had experience, um, uh, last month with the build a bear thing where our family stood in line for 10 and a half, ten and a half hours trying to get those build the bears on the pay your age day. And I just like kept doing updates. Um, just, we we're tired. We're in line, you know, it's like something to do. And I ended up going to a writer's conference that I taught the following weekend, like three days later. And all these people came up to me and like, they had seen my build a bear things, you know, it just makes <laughs> me realize. And, you know, they got a lot of views and, um, a, a radio guy ended up asking me to interview me because of the build the bear thing. And it's just so funny. It's like sometimes we think like we have to be so perfect, but you know, people really connect when we're just like honest and real in ourselves and not stressed out so much. And so I know that's my encouragement to myself. And um, like you said, it, when it's, it's hard to like become vulnerable and be outside of our comfort zone, but I love that you're doing that. And I love that, you know, you're able to really help people that, um, you know, maybe have not learned how to cook or just don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's been good, I think. And the response is good to the videos. So, so I keep plugging away. And it is another time I can go back to my kids and say, Hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it, whatever it is that you're afraid of. Yeah, absolutely. So after being on the you know blogging a while and, and seeing the wonderful response there, when did you start thinking, okay, maybe this can be a book? 
I had actually been approached a couple of years ago by someone asking me to write a book and I turned I turned it down. It just didn't the timing didn't feel right to me. Um and then well, I guess that was more than a couple of years ago because it was two years ago now that my agent um, contacted me about it. And the, this time it just kind of things aligned right. And it seemed like a good time to give that a try. So, yeah, it's a, as you know, a very long process to write a book, start to finish, you know, from the first inkling of the idea until it, you get it in people's hands. It takes a long time. Yeah. And I'm sure with the recipes, I mean, were you, did you set up goals to like, um, test the recipes or how does that even work? Because I know, you know, when I write a chapter of the book is just done and I move on to the next chapter, but I'm sure with recipes, it's just a whole completely different thing. Yeah, it is. Um, for the proposal, the book proposal, I put in, um, I think they wanted 101 recipes. So we put in uh, that many recipe concepts, but only maybe 10 actual recipes. Um, I can't remember now. And then after the proposal got accepted by the publisher and we got all of that worked out, I started testing those recipes. And some of them I would have to scrap the idea. Um, I didn't have anything as bad as hot grapes in a stew <laughs> in my concepts. <laughs> but there were a few things that just did not work. Um, and so I would have to kind of start over again. And then we got some of my blog readers involved in testing the recipes as well so that they got tested by real people in real kitchens and they gave feedback and it was pretty involved. Yeah. And um, what I love about the, the book again is Eat at Home Tonight, 101 Simple Busy Family Recipes for Your Slow Cooker, Sheet Pan, Instapot and more. Um, and so, you know, I love all the all three of those things into pot the sheet pans and the um, slow cookers but what I love too and this is what I'm so excited about is how you um, set up so people can do like all the prepping um, one day and then they have everything that they have for the week that they can just throw into the slow cooker so um, or instapot or sheet pan so can you explain a little bit about about that concept yeah, there's one chapter in the book that is dedicated to freezer cooking. Um, I think it, I think the chapter is called, I want to cook for the whole week tonight. And there's two plans in there. Each of them have six meals that you can get all six meals ready in one hour and then have those in your freezer. So you could use them all in one week or you could, I usually use them for emergency meals. Like if I know I just don't have time, then I can pull one of those meals from our freezer and put it in either the slow cooker or the instant pot. Um, so yeah, that's that chapter is fantastic. Um, we give our eat at home meal plan members um, a new plan like that every month as part of their membership. And they're always very popular because I mean, six meals in an hour, you kind of can't beat that. Yeah. So um, the membership, you just, since you just mentioned the membership, let's talk about that a minute. And then I want to come back to some of these recipes. So how did you decide to do a membership? Um, and then what does that involve? Maybe if someone who's listening is interested in being part of it? Yeah, the eat at home meal plans is we give um, a grocery list, a menu, all of the recipes. Um, the grocery list is color coded, so it it looks pretty, number one. <laughs> and then it's easy to swap um, ingredients in and out. Like if you didn't want to make one meal or maybe you don't need six meals that week, you can easily just cross out all the blue ingredients and eliminate um, a meal from it. Um 
Yeah, we, and they, they get access to four different plans every week. So there's a traditional, wholesome traditional, a slow cooker plan that also has plenty of instant pot recipes on it, and a no flour, no sugar plan. So you can bounce back and forth between them um, or just pick the one that you want. Um, yeah. So our members, we've got, I don't know, thousands of members and they're all very happy. It makes making dinner really easy. If you like to take the decision making process out of it for yourself. Um, yeah, it's the way to go. And what I love about it too is because um, I have three teen girls. I have two little girls but uh, that are eight and 10. And then I have three teen girls that are 13 and then 15 year old twins. And I was looking over the, the uh, cooking for the whole week. And I'm like, this is something they could totally do. Like I could say, this is what you guys do. One child can do this recipe. Another child can do that recipe. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is going to be so wonderful. Especially um, one of the 15 year olds, we have banned her from the kitchen because she burns everything and she always <laughs> leaves the, you know, the burners on. And so this morning, her older sister, um, 18 year old, uh, taught her how to make scrambled eggs and she was so happy so I'm like you know I mean she's 15 now I guess I just can't keep banning her from the kitchen forever <laughs> we're gonna actually have to teach her how to cook um you know teach her those safety things so I love that that they can just um go through and you know they'll say put um you know the two pounds of chicken breast in a bag and add in the peppers <laughs> and I'm like okay this is something they could totally do which I think is wonderful and we definitely need to um, be teaching our kids and then I loved the recipes so um, for the first meal plan it's chipotle steak tacos lazy marinated chicken um, king's chicken noodle soup Italian sausage and peppers mozzarella stuffed meatballs and then gingered pear pork loin and I'm like okay this is stuff we could actually eat and that's the one thing that drives me crazy was, you know, some recipe books, you're like, these things sound really good, but I'm never going to go buy arugula and goat cheese or whatever, I don't know, and put it in my involved. You know what I mean? Some of the stuff is just like, that's not the kind of stuff that I buy or <laughs> it's not something that my kids would eat. And so I really, again, appreciated that these are things like chipotle steak tacos. Yes. Like my kids would love to have that for dinner tonight. So um, I love that you were able to make or create these plans, but also have things that, you know, I think my whole family would enjoy. Yeah, I, it's my goal whenever I create recipes to use common ingredients that you can find in any regular grocery store. I don't want people to have to go find things that, you know, they're tracking down three or four stores for or having to pay a fortune, or it's just super unfamiliar. They don't even know what it is. Um, yeah, I, I just want it to be common ingredients that you can get your hands on, you know what to do with, that it's versatile, so you can use it in a lot of different recipes. Um, yeah, those are all goals that I have when I create a recipe. And then, I mean, my, my favorite part too is, okay, now you have the recipe, you talk about eating at home and uh, was, as a family. And I think that's so important too. I think that's something that is missing from society. So it's just that family time around the table. Um, and I know you have like discussion starters in the book. So why is that, you know, your goal too, as you're not only helping people to have good food, but really have that togetherness as a family? Yeah. I mean, for us, we've, we've always just gathered as a family, most every night, you know, that we can, as of course, as the kids get older, it gets a little different. And that's okay. Sometimes we have three people around our table now. Sometimes, like you said at the beginning, we have older kids come and eat with us too, um, which is awesome to have that time with them. Um, 
but yeah, it's really, I think, um, sort of shaped our, our family culture together to have that time with each other. It's a time to put away screens, a time to put away the phones and just focus on each other. And you can hit all five love languages around the table. I don't know that there's another time in the day that it's that easy to hit all five love languages. So no matter what love language your family members speak, it's really easy to hit it without even trying. So it's the quality time, um, the gifts, you're actually like feeding them. (laughs) Yeah, the, the gifts one is probably the only bit of a stretch. But if you make a special meal, like a favorite recipe or a nice dessert, that's definitely a gift to that person. Um, Then acts of service, like you said, the whole thing is an act of service, right? Um, Physical touch, because you're close, you can hold hands while you're praying, um, lean in for a hug, and then words of affirmation, that's easy to get in your conversation around the table. I love, you know, I've never thought about that before. And, um, you know, I talk about it in my book, Walk It Out, where, you know, for a couple of years, we just had crazy busy lives with three little kids, and I was running to all these different sports practices and completely overwhelmed. Um, And just really, my husband's like, we need to do something different. And we just ended up cutting a lot of things um, from our life. You know, we cut out the ballet and the t-ball because it just, I mean, they were like five and eight. I mean, it was just, you know, running these tiny little kids, which my daughter didn't even care about the ballet. She just liked the tutu. I'm like, okay, good. We'll just buy more tutus and we don't have to worry about, you know, paying all the money and driving 45 minutes and doing the ballet class. And I think so many times there is um, a lot of focus on, yes, we need to slow down and we need to cut things. But the problem is, you know, we often just fill those spaces back up with more things when they come in. And so one of the things that John and I did is we really sat down and said, okay, what are our priorities? Because we know these kids are going to be grown. You know, you only have them. I mean, my oldest now is 29. So, I mean, he's an adult. He has two kids. Um, so we know they're, they're going to be grown. But, you know, he, he was like eight when we started this conversation. But what do we want to make sure that they remember of our family? And so we kind of came up with priorities. Um, we came up with, you know, attending church and serving in church. We came up with volunteering as a family, um, reading books together. And I was homeschooling also at the time. And then also family dinners, because we figured, you know, we want them to have these memories of all of us around the table and having that time. And I think um, if you make that a priority, then it will fit in. Like you won't push you know that out of the way and fill it up with other things because, you know, just choosing that as one of the priorities. And I think that was one of the best things that we did as a family because we really have had years. I mean, you know, I don't know how many meals I've made, but a lot over the years. And the same with you too. We've had years of gathering around the table and having dinner together. And you're talking about, you know, the five love languages and having that time as a family, which is um, is so valuable. And even now we have, you know, all the kids are in Taekwondo. They all go at the same time. Um, there's six of them and it's three nights a week, but dinners in either the slow cooker or the instapot and at 6 30 when we're done with taekwondo we still come and have dinner around the table with each other so i think as families um you know we can say like it's just we're just too busy but you know as, if we make that a priority and then if we have really good resources like what you provide it is possible for families it definitely is and it's funny those times around the table i'm guessing you can't really remember very many individual times but it kind of all builds together to create this 
like one overlapping memory, like overarching memory for your kids and yourself. And then I think it really impacts now that we've got two kids who are married, it impacts them as they start out with their spouses, that they want to connect with each other um, as many times as they can over dinner and they cook together and go to the grocery and all of those things. Um, It's kind of neat to get to see that. Yeah. And my um, daughter, especially she's uh, 26 and she's a missionary in the Czech Republic. And so she lives there, but she was the one that, um, you know, I was always having her help me prep dinners and do the cooking. She was more interested in it than the boys, older boys were. Um, But the cool thing now is where she is in the Czech Republic, she has a ministry where she cooks meals every Tuesday night for their conversation club. They have a, like an English conversation club and a Bible study and she cooks for them. Um, so here's, you know, up, up, you know, between 15 and 30 people, she's making American meals, spaghetti and tuna casserole <laughs> and hamburgers. Wow. And now, you know, what was just, you know, our priority as a family, like this is our family priority to sit around the table and she would, she would help me, often make dinner. Um, now she is doing that and it's part of her ministry. Like God is using that. And it's so funny cause you know, she's in the Czech Republic. And so they do a lot of like potato, like boiled potatoes and cabbage for dinner. Like that's their meal. <laughs> so it's not like a lot of, you know, super flavorful stuff and people, I mean, it has actually drawn people to their conversation club and their Bible study. Cause they're like, Oh, dinner. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm a college student, you know? And um, the funny thing is, you know, th- that these American dishes that we think are just like totally ordinary are amazing to them. And she was talking about this one time she made um, cookies and this guy held one and his two palms were like outstretched with the cookie in it. And he you know, points it to her and he goes, what do you call this? And she's like, it's a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and um, he just thought it was like the most amazing thing ever. So <laughs> I think it's so I, cool. He may be gone to something. I, that chocolate chip cookies rank pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just so cool how God like saw that. Like, you know, we just like, we just want this family togetherness. And the God's like, yes, but that, you know, I'm going to use that to be like this amazing thing um, that she's going to be involved in. So I think that's, that's really cool. neat. Yeah. So out of all the recipes that you've had um, on your blog, what are some of the most popular? Some of the most popular, I think um, the chicken and dumplings is really popular just because I think it's not to me a a weeknight dinner that you can pull off on any old weeknight. <laughs> you have to have a little bit more time, but it's still weeknight doable, but it's just such a comfort food for people. So um, that one is always popular. One of my favorites is the Mexican beans and rice. That's probably my most go-to recipe um, because it's so easy. It's just common pantry ingredients. I almost always have what I need. I can get it ready in about 15 minutes. Uh, it's healthy, cheap. Um, it just pretty much hits every every note that you need it to. And that, I love that too, having those pantry, like you, we have our, our things that we always have. So even if I, you know, had planned to make something else and all of a sudden <laughs> an emergency comes up and there's, I just need something in 15 minutes. I love having that stocked pantry that we can just grab those favorite things. Yeah. That's important to have a couple of recipes like that, that you pretty much have memorized. You can always have the ingredients. Awesome. So um, as we're wrapping up, what encouragement would you have? Maybe there's someone's listening that, 
you know, has this something, an idea of something they've wanted to do that, but they think, okay, I couldn't do that. Like you were saying, it's so outside of my comfort zone. What encouragement um, would you have for someone just like to walk it out, to actually take those steps of faith um, that can lead them to, to what you've been able to accomplish? Yeah, I would say definitely give it a try. Start small if that's what you need to do um, and grow it from there. Um, it's okay to fail and mess up. And it's, yeah, especially if like, if it's a blog or, um, you know, whatever, if you're trying to grow an audience in the beginning, it's so good that you don't have one (laughs) because then you're more free to, um, express yourself and know that the whole world isn't watching. Just maybe a couple people are watching and it's okay. (laughs) I think that's, that's a real blessing. But definitely give it a try. Try what you're interested in. Yeah, I really love how you said that because I think so many times when we get started on something, we we compare it to someone else. Okay, so you could maybe when you get started, I don't know if the pioneer woman was going or oh yeah. So it's all of a sudden. I mean, you don't have to like wake up and become the pioneer woman. You know, you just woke up and you were Tiffany King, and you know you could just do what you needed to do. And I think so many times we do try to compare our, our like beginnings to someone else's middles or big, big accomplishments. Yeah. Or even comparing it to where you want to be in however many years, because yeah, if I had compared my beginnings to what I'm doing now, it would, I would have been overwhelmed. I would have thought how in the world could I ever get there? Um, Not to say that, you know, what I've done is, tremendously whatever, but it's so much, it looks so much better than what I started with, right? I know more than I knew then. Um, But that's how it's supposed to be. It's a beginning. Yeah, we don't need all the answers now. Just take the first step. And I say that to anyone that wants to like start writing a book and um, like, just write the first page, (laughs) just get that down on paper. Um, You know, you don't have to like know every word that's going to go into it uh, or every recipe that's going to be in your cookbook or exactly how to get sponsors on your blog. I mean, we don't need to know all those things. We just need to take, you know, the first step. Mm -hmm. Become comfortable with those things that we don't know and the confusion that we have. Those things are okay. We'll work through that. Absolutely. Well, I just appreciate you um, being on. I'm so excited. I'm super excited, especially about that. I'm cooking a whole week's of dinners in one day. (laughs) I'm going to try it (laughs) with my girls. Um, I'll I'll let you know how it goes. But I think think it's going to go really well. I'm excited about that. And I just appreciate you, um, you know, just being willing to take those steps and um, to put this out there that can help all of us. Um, So if, if someone's interested, maybe in your membership site or the book, um, where can they find out more information? They can find out more at eatathomecooks.com or eatathometonight.com for the book. And then, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. If you, I think it's Facebook slash eatathomecooks. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And we'll have all those links in the show notes too. So Tiffany, thank you. Um, so much. Uh, uh, one last question. If I were just to make something tonight, what's one recipe out of the book that you'd recommend for me to start with first? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm just going to say the chicken enchilada sub melts. It's super easy. I think that's in the 15 minute chapter. Um, it's just a different spin on a chicken enchilada. 
that you can do much faster. So that sounds really good. I'm, totally, I'm hungry right now. So this whole interview, I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I want to make first? <laughs> well, thank you again. I'm going to go try that. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Okay. Did that make you hungry? I know it made me hungry and I cannot wait to dig in and try some of these recipes. And I am so thankful for Tiffany. I'm so thankful that she dared to follow God and she had no idea where he would be leading her, but that now she's able to use her gifts, use her passion to impact people and to make dinner easier tonight for your family. And so I hope that you check out that book. But more than that, I hope that you all remember to take time to gather with your family, take time to sit there to ask questions, put electronics away and really connects with hearts over food. I know that those are the moments that really build our relationships with our kids, with other family members, with friends, those times together around the table. And today's walk it out first is 1 Corinthians 10 31. So what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And sometimes I need to remind myself of that, that it's not just getting food on the table, although sometimes it is, um, but it's not just that, uh, that we want to nourish our family's bodies, but we do want to share God with them. And I hope that, you know, I would rather have a simple meal and us being able to talk about God's goodness and what's happening in our day than put in all this time and effort and be cranky when I sit sit down with my family. So I just hope that this week you will just be encouraged to take that time with your family, find a simple recipe, and just enjoy that time together. So I'm going to pray for all of us. Dear God, I thank you so much that we have this opportunity with our families, that I pray, Lord, that we won't let the busyness of this life with activities to push aside the gathering together, eating together, preparing food for our families. Sometimes it seems such a challenge, Lord, to come up with healthy new recipes all the time. And I thank you for people like Tiffany who help us, who provide the tools that we need so we can be successful. I pray, Lord, that as we sit down with our family this week, that we will see it as a time of ministry, just like people that go in different countries or go across town to serve in a ministry, that gathering with our family around the table is a place of ministry and that we may do it to your glory, dear God. I pray that you'll bless all my listeners today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Walk It Out. I always love hearing from you, so be sure to leave a review. You can leave that on iTunes, and that just helps um, more reviews, helps more people find out about Walk It Out. Also, feel free to share it on um, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any place and just let people know um, about the show. It would really help me out a lot. I just love knowing that people are listening and that are encouraged through this program. So also, I want to give thanks to my publisher, which is David C. Cook, who is the sponsor of this podcast and my book, which is Walk It Out. And the subtitle is The Radical Result of Living God's Word one step at a time. So if you need to be encouraged, you want to be inspired, be sure to check out Walk It Out and be sure to check out the other resources by David C. Cook. But mostly friends, enjoy your week, enjoy your family. And if you do try one of the recipes, let me know which one so I can try it next. Have a great week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. 
Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music. <laughs>